into the online broadcast network. After Buzz TV, over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey there, AfterBuzz TV fans. Welcome to another edition of The Voice Of. I'm your host, Megan Salinas, and joining me here in the studio is our very, very special guest, James Arnold Taylor. Well, thank you for having me. I mean, this is an appropriate thing for a voice actor to be on, so I'm excited. I'm ready to go. You can put me through my paces, whatever you want, Megan. Oh, fantastic. First of all, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Before we get started, I wanted to go ahead and remind our listeners and our viewers that if you haven't already done so, please go to iTunes iTunes and YouTube and subscribe to AfterBuzz TV, SoundCloud, we're on all of those platforms. Rate, leave a comment. We love hearing from you guys. And be sure to follow us on AfterBuzz TV on Twitter and actually use the hashtag the voice of if you guys happen to have any questions for our wonderful guests. Oh yeah, see, I should be doing that right now too. <laughs> Get on and Twitter and tweeting. It's it's so much to keep up with, but I know it's exhausting, yes, but it it's is. it's also so much fun. It is. It no, is. Nothing's okay. more exciting than getting like a million notifications in yeah, one day. Yeah, I do that every once in a while. I'll I'll do what we call uh, ask chat. And I open it up if I'm like waiting in line at something or I'm, you know, in between sessions. And it's amazing how many people have questions for me. So it's always fun to do. So ask away, everybody. I'm ready. <laughs> so whatever. And you ask away. What, what, what would you like well, to know? First of all, I want to know, how was Star Wars Celebration this year? Oh, man. So Star Wars Celebration happens every uh, two to three years. And I hosted it last time, which was Star Wars Celebration 6. This was technically Star Wars Celebration 7, but we called it Celebration Anaheim because it was out here in Anaheim. And it was a great time. We had uh, the biggest turnout ever. We had the best guests. We had obviously this little <laughs> announcement that they were making <laughs> about this one. movie and you know a new teaser trailer. Is it, is it an indie film? Is yeah, that... I think it is. It's a small, small film. This uh, new director, J.J. Abrams. Uh, but it was very exciting. And I got to host the main stage. So I was uh, privileged to be able to interview all of the big Big names and stars from the world of Star Wars, from Ian McDermott, uh, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Anthony Daniels, uh, Ray Park, Billy D. Williams. I was also um, very honored to be able to do my one-man stage show, Talking to Myself, which I did uh, in a double feature with Mark Hamill that day and on Saturday. And then we had, like, game shows. We did a, <laughs> we did a game show that was a feud of the force, kind of a family feud type. <laughs> it wasn't family feud but it was like that and we had the dark side versus the light side and the dark side smoked the light side they <laughs> didn't stand a chance so it was great fun it was a lot of fun it was like the empire strikes back yeah, then of yeah it was shows. you're right wow it's <laughs> that's good. fantastic now yeah. as a star wars fan what is it like being able to actually be a part of the star wars community in that way yeah it is uh it's always an honor it's always kind of a trip for me because i've been doing this now for 13 years i've been the voice of obi-wan kenobi and so Anytime Obi-Wan talks, they will call me to do it. And so it's it's great to do. It's a lot of fun, but it's also somebody that grew up with Star Wars, the original ones. I was seven years old when they came out. Seen all of them, loved all of them. To be in this world now is really a, a cool thing, and I do kind of pinch myself because all these people in the world of Star Wars are, are now friends that, you know, I get to talk to quite often and interview in these settings to where they're just sick of me now. So that's... <laughs> That's the problem. But no, it's great. It's all fun. Yeah. Now, you also have another Star Wars event coming up uh, in a couple weeks. My co-host Dylan on Star Wars Is Rebels. Is he gone? Yeah. Uh, he, no, I don't think he can make it out to Florida, but he did want me to ask you about it. Yes. Okay. So the other one is Star Wars Weekends. Now, Star Wars Weekends happens every year at Disney World in Hollywood Studios in Orlando, Florida. And uh, this will be my fifth year hosting the event, the seventh time I've been at the event. And it is a lot of fun. So it is five weeks. Uh, last year we did five weeks and it was such a hit they decided to do it again. So every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday throughout, uh, what is it, May 
14th through June 15th. We will be there putting on shows. Every morning starts with a oh motorcade, a uh, big parade, and you see me waving. I go by, <laughs> I go by, and I, go by, and I wave. And then uh, I get up on stage, and I do this big welcome, and we have all the celebrity guests that we have. Each week, we have different celebrity guests from the world of Star Wars, from Rebels, from uh, all the movies and such. And then we do uh, shows. So in a theater, I have a talk show, and I interview them like the Tonight Show type of thing. We have lots of games and fun with them. Then we also have a show for Rebels. We have a specific show to Rebels where we're going to be interviewing the cast of Rebels, or I will be. And then I'll be doing my stage show, which we call Obi-Wan and Beyond. When we're at Star Wars Weekends, we give it a little different name. It's a little shorter. It's a compact version of it, but it's a lot of fun. Then we have Ray Park doing his one-man show where it's – well, I shouldn't say it's a one-man show. It's a – because I interview him. I'm kind of his straight man in it. He shows (laughs) us all his martial arts kicks at me and swords and I, I get scared. And then Warwick Davis does his one-man show, which is fantastic uh, for the weeks that they're there. Then I know you're like, James, enough. <laughs> no, the, I'm just blown away. The end of the night, every night, uh, Friday through Sunday, we do a Symphony in the Stars fireworks finale. So I come out for Summon the Force and we bring all the characters out. The bad guys shoot at me, try to try to kill me, you know, in some Star Wars way. And it's a fun way. And the good guys protect me. And then at the end of it, we say a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and the sky lights up. And it is the – honestly, I've seen hundreds of fireworks displays. This is the best one. And it's set to John Williams' music. Oh. So the air stands up and you, you get you chills. Get goosebumps. It's really – it's beautiful. And it's really one of those things where, again, only Disney can kind of put it together that way. So it's a it's a complete immersion into Star Wars for fans, and it's a lot of fun. Are there still tickets available? <laughs> there are because you can just go anytime. It's so any admission into the park for Star for uh, any of the studios uh, at Disney gets you in. So uh, and then there's you know you just go and try to see the shows that we've got going on. But they've got characters. They got stormtroopers. They got the new stormtroopers. Now I don't know if you know the new stormtrooper helmets and, and armor and everything, which was introduced. Uh, in the, for the trailer, first time. Yeah. yeah, in the trailer. And then they had them at Celebration. So they've got some of those, and we'll be there, and little surprises. we got a lot going on. It'll be fun. So there are a couple teases and maybe some exclusives that people can expect? Hmm. <laughs> well, you did, you know, you didn't, you could have used the, maybe you did use the Jedi mind trick on just then, because I'm about to tell you. <laughs> uh, yes, there will be some exclusives. There will be some surprises. And, uh, you know, everybody thought, oh, well, you got all of them out at Celebration. No, there'll, there'll be some definite little fun things that we get to show there. And, oh, I should say, the fifth week, we have Frank Oz coming, which oh wow, Frank Oz has never done any of these before. So I will be sitting down and interviewing him every day for an hour, and we'll have a conversation and talk about his amazing career. So and being Yoda as well, so pretty cool. No pressure with yeah, that. No pressure at all. I know. I know. What you want me to ask him anything for you? I mean, you think about oh, it. Oh gosh, I mean, you can no. you can tweet me or whatever. But, uh, yeah. I'll, if I think of anything <laughs> okay. right on the spot, I can't think of I anything. I know it's, but, it's always hard. But yeah, no, uh, definitely for Yoda. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I do want to ask though, going off of you being Obi, the voice of Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, uh, you did a very interesting blend to create this voice uh, in term because your impressions are spot on. Oh, thank you very much. But was there anything in particular you did to kind of make the character your own? Yes, and thank you. For for asking. So when I started doing it, it was again 13 years ago when we were doing the Clone Wars micro series. At the time, the movies were still being made. And so they asked me to really match Ewan McGregor's voice. And so I would, I would do his voice, which was, it was up higher and it's a little, it's, it, it's him doing an impression of Allegheny's, he's doing a younger, and it was phenomenal. When I first heard him open his mouth in The Phantom Menace, I was like, He's doing a young Alec Guinness, and it's perfect. He's doing a young Obi-Wan Kenobi. So I had to I had to do his voice more. And then I was asked when we did the Clone Wars series, or they, they said George Lucas was very kind and Dave Filoni, our director, to say, these characters are now your characters. You're going to play these characters for a long time, God willing. And we, <laughs> and we got to, which was cool. Uh, so make them your own. So I really tried to be reflective of both of these two amazing actors that played him on screen. Uh, the crazy part is I've actually voiced and played more Obi-Wan Kenobi than it, than either of them or any other actor because of all the years of Clone Wars and the games and the other shows. So mine is really, I take I take a little Ewan McGregor and I take a little Alec Guinness and I combine them into my own, which is a little, a little deeper and a little more maybe controlled and um, uh, trying to kind of be that fatherly figure to Anakin. And so it becomes that. So this is my Obi-Wan Kenobi. So it's, it's I, I don't know. I, 
it just kind of happens with a character when you make it your own. Fred Flintstone, it was the same for me when I became the voice of Fred. I kind of combined both, and it became my own kind of version of it. And it's fun when they let you do that. So, yeah. No, that's always good. That way you're not locked into a specific sound. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, being a, a voice actor in Hollywood and being a voice double, uh, so I do a lot of my work is doubling celebrities. So if they're not available, I come in and fill in. For, you know, whether it's Johnny Depp doing his regular speaking voice, which is down here and very controlled, and or if he's doing Captain Jack Sparrow, <laughs> love, you know, and he's where's the rum? Why is the rum gone? You know, it's all that. Or if he's doing Willy Wonka or um, Alice. I've been doing a lot of Alice in Wonderland, and he's got this, this wonderful lisp right at the front of his mouth. So Johnny Depp or, or um, I've been doing a lot of Jay Baruchel's voice for <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon. So he's basically always kind of it's nasal, and he's here and toothless. You know, it's a lot of that. But I actually also do fish legs, which is Christopher Mintz Place, who plays fish legs in, in that. Who was uh, it was in Superbad? He was McLovin, <laughs> so he was McLovin, and his voice is actually kind of similar to mine. It's just got a little more texture. So I just give a little more texture, a little more nasal, and I think a little bit differently when I talk, which is also very similar to Michael J. Fox's voice, which is right there. So <laughs> you just shift it over just a little, and then if you take it down just to hear it's Shia LaBeouf and so they're all they're all very similar and people go he's just doing the same voice it's like no think about it if you listen to them they're just you just move it just a little and you get to the next one and uh, so it's fun Uh, those ones are trickier than if I'm doing a voice like say Fred Flintstone Mm -hmm. he's right there and he's very far away from my voice so Wilma Bonnie (laughs) that is easier for me to go to that than it is to go to ones that are just a one-off. You know, Michael J. Fox, whoa, wait a second, Doc, whoa, this is heavy, Mallory, whoa. It's all right, it's it's near my voice, so it's it's harder for me to get to it sometimes. Yeah, you don't want to slip back into your own I, voice. It's, it's, that's exactly it, Megan. That's that's what will happen if I'm not careful. So i got to watch it. <laughs> I kind of wish I had grabbed popcorn from the other room, because I could just watch <laughs> that all want? day. Yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> the voices that it does, <laughs> you know. I could use a little more cowbell, but uh, everybody has a Christopher Walken. It's one of those voices now that everybody does. Uh, I've actually been fortunate enough to be his double for things. Uh, I did a video game where I doubled him, and the reviews for the game came out, and they said, oh, Christopher Walken was great in this game. <laughs> and I didn't get credit on it. I was like, oh. <laughs> but that's also the life of a voice actor. Most of the time, that's what I love about your show, you know, the voice of is, is hearing and learning about voices. Because we don't, normally, if we do our job right, nobody nobody sees us. Yeah, nobody no one would are. know that that wasn't Christopher Walken. Well, you hope, yeah. <laughs> You hope, but yeah. Uh, so, so it's fun to do. It's always great to kind of be in these rooms. These, as I always say, it's this little padded room talking to myself, being all these other people. And people will ask my wife a lot. So, what's his real voice? <laughs> she goes, I have no idea. She could be know. an act all it these times. Uh, and it depends. It depends on the time of day. So sometimes my voice is lower, and sometimes it's up here. And if I'm doing, you know, if I'm preparing for something, if I'm going to be doing How to Train Your Dragon, I'm. <laughs> I find that I start kind of talking like Jay Baruchel a little throughout the day, and I'll be, you know, so you just, you you get into these different modes with the voice, but yeah, it's fun. I was going to ask, since you're talking about your one-man show, Mm -hmm. uh, you do about 200 different impressions, depending on how much time you're given for the show. (laughs) I still try to fit about 200 in there. Even at the Disney show, when I'm doing uh, a half hour, I still fit in 200 voices. Um, If I'm doing the longer version, there's probably about... 250 or so but i mean some of them are slight variations some of them are characters that are original characters at the end of the show i do this bit that is what i was doing there where i was moving from voice to voice Mm -hmm. and i call that similar voices because all voices are kind of similar if you just change the tone you can get from this one to the next in that bit i do about 120 voices in in about five minutes so there's like half of your Half of your half of them right <laughs> there. Yeah, so, I was yeah. actually going to ask if you have a favorite segment from that show. Oh, nobody's ever asked me that. That's a good question. Because you're basically telling a story. I am. It starts in the beginning, you know, because when I was four years old, I knew I wanted to do voices. Now, most people that are in voiceover are on camera actors or they were on camera actors and they kind of found voiceover. They stumbled into it. They were in radio. They, you know, just ended up doing it. I set out from a very young age to do this. This is what I wanted to do. I love doing the stage show. I love being in front of people. I was a stand-up for many years when I was a kid. But voiceover was my passion. So uh, I do have all these favorite little moments in it because I'm telling the story. I think probably my favorite parts are um, I love doing the end because it – 
that reaction from the audience at the end is always so great and it's it's hard for me to take that in i don't know how you are it's like you know when somebody gives you a compliment you're kind of like oh thanks <laughs> but i'm trying to use it as you know a way to pat myself on the back in a in a in a good way to kind of go you entertain people, James. That's okay. You can. That's all right. Yeah, no, you, you put on happy. a good show. You put on a good show. Take it in. They're trying, <laughs> they're trying to thank you. So not me patting myself, but them. They're patting me on the back, and I try to take that in. So I love that portion of it. But I do love uh, when I show people how I started and the, where I went from the beginning. Um, I do this bit called the sound, and I talk about how I was a little kid in my room creating these these voices and these characters, and it was all just a little kid just doing these voices. But then in my head, it was it was this big, you know, powerful voice and telling the story and being this big announcer guy and seeing little kids in the audience kind of react to that. That's my <laughs> favorite because they're like, you know, if I go up to a kid and I go, uh, you know, Johnny Test and they go, oh, yeah, Johnny Test. And I go, did you know I'm also the voice of Johnny Test? Is that, did I totally <laughs> blow your mind? And they're like, what? And so that stuff is fun. And in the show, when I do those segments, I think that's pretty cool. I like also, um, I do this one bit. I, I think probably my favorite bit because it's a favorite between me and my friends that are all my theater friends. I do Ian, Ian McKellen's voice and I talk about how Plo Koon, who is a Jedi in, in the world of Star Wars, was based off of Ian McKellen. And so I do this thing where I could say, you could read anything in that voice and it sounds dramatic. So I read from the phone book and I read from stereo instructions. <laughs> and it's very dramatic and big and speaker instructions, you know, and all that. And uh, that's just fun because it's just, you're just playing. So it's all, it's all good. I love the whole thing. I have no favorites. I don't know. It's like children. I can't pick a favorite. Yeah, no, that's, that's always one of our toughest questions is, yeah. you know, do you have a favorite? But it's, it's impossible. It's like it's, yeah. children. Yeah. But, um, Going off of, you mentioned Plakoon. Well, mm-hmm. we, we learned at Star Wars Celebration that season two of Rebels is actually incorporating a lot of characters from the Clone Wars. It is, yeah. Is there any chance that maybe some of the characters that you voiced in the Clone Wars could come back and maybe season, maybe not season two, but maybe season three or four? I wish I knew. And I <laughs> wish I could actually say, I know, but I can't tell you. I truly don't know. Uh, not even an I don't know wink. <laughs> yeah, not even a I don't know, Megan. You didn't hit no. Um I was as surprised when I got the call to do Obi Wan in season one, and it was the first one or two episodes that Obi Wan had that message. It was a hologram with Kanan. And that was one of those things where we surprised even the cast. They didn't know about that. And I did that alone. They brought me in solo, did it all, and then it came out and everybody was like, Whoa. So that was that's the way Dave Filoni and the folks at Lucas <laughs> like to roll. They like to surprise us all. Dave did mention at Celebration when he was asked about that, because he was asked about specific characters or other characters coming back. And he said, you know, if it's pertinent to the story, if it makes sense for that character to come back, we'll bring him back. Uh, a character like Plo Koon, it's really a bummer because um, since this is happening after – Episode three and before episode four, Plo Koon was, was yeah. killed off. Order 66. Maybe. See, here's the thing. Because <laughs> Plo Koon went down. We saw his ship go down. But he's a Jedi. Maybe he jumped ship. Come on. Anything could happen. <laughs> Anything's possible. One never knows. But, Ahsoka's uh, still around. Ahsoka is still around. And uh, so, and then there was a big announcement at Celebration with with Rex and some of the clones, with D. Bradley Baker, who is one of the most amazing voices in Hollywood, uh, bringing his character back of Rex. And so that was cool. So you never know, but I never even know. If I get the call, you know, I'll, be, I'll happily be there. We'll keep our fingers crossed Thank you. because it would be fantastic yes. to see you in future seasons of well, Star Wars Rebels. I appreciate it. And, you know, I've been known to do one or two other voices. So, Dave, if you're watching, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm available. <laughs> Call me. Yeah. I'll come up with a new one. <laughs> well, you mentioned that you, you were alone when you recorded that. And yep. you, uh, in your one-man show, you talk about talking in a booth to yourself all the yeah. time in a padded room. But I, I was actually wondering if you had a preference for doing voices alone or versus doing it radio play style. Yeah, I love working with everybody else. I mean, it's just like us being here right now, you know, rather than me being on a Skype call or something where you're just kind of isolated. Uh, it's great when we're in, in the room together because we play off each other and more things happen. It allows for uh, more of freedom in the flow of the script and for changes to happen and fun things to happen because we're working off of each other. So that's always fun. The only thing is, it takes twice as long. (laughs) 
And it takes twice as long because we all love to talk to each other throughout the whole, you know. So, hey, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, what are you working on? Oh, great, yeah. Did, hey, did you see this movie? Did you see that? And then we all start doing impressions of whatever we saw. Or whatever. <laughs> We're all a bunch of nerds. Uh, voice actors are some of the happiest, most giving, humble people that you're going to work with. And I'm always so blessed to be able to work with uh, the folks that I work with because – they're just a giving group of people and they're fun and they we all know we're also some of the luckiest people in the world to do what we do and we love what we do so it's just a party but it does take a lot longer <laughs> so that's the, the drawback but at the same time it's still fun and there's always good snacks so what are you gonna do? <laughs> that's always a good time always good yeah yeah uh we're working on a, a new show guardians of the galaxy which uh <laughs> okay okay good good yeah, you're, little, you're going little, to be yondu correct yondu and cosmo so Yondu is uh, basically Michael Rooker did that in uh, in the movie, and so I'm doing kind of a version of his voice. You know what I mean, Megan. <laughs> and uh, and then Cosmo did not speak in movie, but he is Russian telepathic cosmonaut dog. So he sounds like this, yes. And uh, so he's a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> so that is coming out soon. And it is going to be fantastic. It's just fun because it has the same sensibility of the movie. And there's some a fantastic voice cast. And uh, Vanessa Marshall, who is on Rebels, is on this. She's Gamora. We've got Kevin Michael Richardson as Groot. We've got Trevor Duvall. Trevor is uh, the actor that played Dookie on Johnny Test. He was my dog, Dookie. Oh, fantastic. So he's playing Rocket. You've got Will Friedle playing Star-Lord. Uh, oh, that's going to be fun. And Will is... When when I saw you know the cast breakdown in the sheet of who everyone was, I'm like, of course it's Will, because <laughs> he's perfect for that very sarcastic, fun sense of humor that can only be done for that character that way. And so he's perfect in it. You've got uh, David Sobolov as Drax. You've got oh gosh, let's see who else. Am I missing anybody? But it's it's a fantastic cast. It really is a fantastic cast. Will it be canon? It will be. Yeah, I believe so. I hope so. I don't know. I mean, as far as I know, it will be. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, has the, uh, the release date been announced? I don't think so. Dang I don't it. think so. Yeah. But, but I want it now. I know. I know. Everybody does. It was uh, such a surprise hit, that movie, you know, for people. But um, the show is, I think, just they're really working to make it feel in that same vein. And fantastic writers. Any idea on the time frame? Uh, in uh, terms of how long after the movie it takes not place? Not as far as how long after, but I know that it does take place after the movie. So, you know, we know what we know from the film, at least. But, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't say much more than that other than it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's fun to do. We can't wait to hear that. That's so fantastic. I was in, just what, a couple of days ago doing ADR for the first episode. So that should give us an indication that we're getting closer. Because that means then, that, so the way it works, um, for people that may not know, is we, we come in, we get a script, we voice it, and then it takes about six months for them to animate it and put it all together. And then we come back in and we do ADR, which is automatic dialogue replacement, where we listen to the little beeps and we get to actually <laughs> see the finished animation and they correct things. You know, if they go, well, we changed this line or a lot of it is the fight sequences. So you do a lot of, oh, oh, a lot oh. of efforts. Yeah, efforts and grunts and groans and laughs and falls and stuff. So we're in that process right now. I think that's safe to say. I'm sure, I hope nobody gets mad at me for saying that. But. <laughs> Yeah, that's where we're at. Well, we can't wait to see that. That's going to be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, that, going off of that, I was wondering, uh, typically speaking, how long do you ta- does it take after you get a script mm-hmm. for you to sit down and record? Because uh, I know for different jobs, it's kind of like they throw a script at you and you have to go. Yes. Other times, do you, do you get time to digest it a little bit? Never. <laughs> no, it's very different than being an on-camera actor where you do. You get this and, oh, we're going to start shooting in three months and really get into your character and lose weight or gain weight or change your hair or grow a beard or whatever. It's not like that at all for voiceover. It is, I know, I'll find out, like this week, What, what are we, it's Monday, I'll find out this week what I'm working on as it comes. <laughs> and then I'll get the script the day before or not. I'll get it right at the session. Most of the time you get it 24 hours in advance. You get to look at it. You at least get to read it. But with uh, Clone Wars, for example, we got it when we walked in the room and that was it. So most of the time, what you heard us reading in Clone Wars was the second or third time we actually ever spoke those words, which is really kind of cool. But at the same time, you've got to have those kind (laughs) of acting chops ready as a voice actor to go, okay, I'm looking and I'm going. So uh, yeah, you don't generally get much much time at all. (laughs) 
Not much processing time. No, no. For the audition process, then, does that make it really difficult to kind of find a voice that fits a character? Yeah, Especially can. if you don't really know what kind of where you're at? Absolutely. And, and again, that's where, as a voice actor, you have to be able to give them choices. I talk about that in my show. There's a fun little bit where I do, where I play with that, showing the, the changes of the voices and being able to work on the fly. If they go, give it a British accent, change it up, slow it down, make them younger, make them older, make them heavier, make them thinner, make them, you know, whatever. And you have to just do it. But a lot of times you end up leaving an audition going, oh, that's what I should have done. <laughs> oh, you, you're walking out and you see, you know, D. Bradley Baker or Corey Burton or Jim Cummings or <laughs> one of these guys in the room and you're going, oh, they're going to do it. that. Oh, I should have done it that way. But, you know, but then you go, yeah, but they'll be better at it anyway. So, you know, it's um, it's one of those things where you just have to be able to enjoy working on the fly. And having no inhibitions, because that's the other thing I tell people when they go, oh, voiceover and what should I do? Read a lot out loud uh, and have no inhibitions about making funny faces or being goofy, making noises. A lot of on-camera actors come in and they're like, they're doing a, a show. You know, we do these <laughs> shows that are animated series, action heroes and fighting and all of that. And they're very self-conscious about going, uh, uh, brr, uh, you know, they don't want to do it. And that's where, of course, people like myself come in and then we will do their little efforts and sounds sometimes, but sometimes they, they end up having fun with it. So it's a different world. It's a new experience for it them. It is, yes, yes. So, yeah, that, actually going back to that, I was, I did want to ask about your audition process for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Because going back to the, the short animated series that they did prior yep. to the 3D animated series Clone Wars, I don't think anybody knew how big it was going to be. No, not at all. In fact, um, I was just telling this story uh, the other day because I hadn't, thought about it in a while but i didn't know what i was auditioning for i knew i was auditioning for a voice match for ewan mcgregor i knew it was for star wars i did not know it was for a show i thought it was for a trailer because a lot of times i'll get you know auditions for my agents and they'll be like oh we need a line of dialogue for this trailer for this new movie from you know andrew garfield so like if if you watch i'm sidetracking here but like the uh, spider-man 2 um trailers the movie trailers there was a part where he goes, I'm the only one that can stop him. I am Spider-Man. That was me. <laughs> I am Spider-Man. Um, so they'll they'll find that they didn't have clean dialogue from the movie or those lines were never actually said in the movie, but they need him to help tell the story in a trailer. That's what I thought I was going in for. So I did it. I listened to Ewan McGregor and I did the whole thing. You know, where I'm listening. Okay. And I thought to myself, well, he's doing a young Alec Guinness. So I'll just kind of think a young Obi-Wan Kenobi and, and all that. And I did it. And then I get the call. A week later, probably, for my agents and say, you booked the Obi-Wan Kenobi thing. Great. Oh, that's awesome. I love Obi-Wan. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So what's it for? It's just like a thing. No, it's a series. <laughs> what? Star Wars animation series. My worlds are colliding and combining, and it's a beautiful thing. So it was really fun to be able to do that. And the, the funnest part about that show was they were three minutes long. Yeah. So our script would be, <laughs> I'm on my way. <laughs> Anakin, and that was it, you know, and then I, thank you, good night, you know. Uh, it took longer to park than it did to actually record the dialogue most of the time on that show. And we would record maybe two episodes at a time, so, and it was mostly action, so yeah, it was a lot of fun, but it was very different. Yeah, it was a very, stylistically speaking, uh, visually and yeah. and verbally, it was a very different show. Very different, and Gendy, uh, who was the director of that, who did the Powerpuff Girls and uh, Samurai Jack and all these shows... Uh, just has a, a very clear-cut vision of what he's wanting to tell. And it really helped style our current Clone Wars, but also our current animation for Star Wars, in my opinion. I think it really did. It set the tone for a lot of things. And it was really important stuff, even though they were three-minute little cartoons. Yeah, now, I remember watching those when they were on Cartoon Network, and they blew me away. Yeah. It's fantastic. Oh, that's cool. Well, I do want to talk a little bit uh, about the video game side of things. Yes, Because yes. you play some very prominent video game characters. Just this, Come on, you're well, good for my ego. One little guy, yeah. maybe Ratchet. Like, Ratchet. I don't know if anybody's heard of that game series. No, but. Ratchet and Clank. I don't think anybody's heard of that. Uh, Ratchet and Clank is one of those things. And now we have the movie coming out. Yes. And uh, I just saw a tweet just before coming in that somebody was saying, oh, they showed it somewhere but i haven't heard what the release date is yet but the movie is finished as far as our part is concerned all the animation animation may still be being tweaked but the voiceover is done so the movie should be coming out this year i know that that's exciting it's going to tell the origin story of ratchet and clank and how they come together and 
Uh, it's really a fantastic story. TJ Fixman, uh, Kevin Monroe, uh, both Kevin Monroe directed it. Kevin directed me in uh, Ninja Turtles and wrote the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie I did back in 07. TJ Fixman is the writer of most of the games of Ratchet and Clank, certainly the last four or five at least, and the comic books, and, and a brilliant writer, talented writer. So those two combining forces, it's a great thing. The games themselves, so little secret, although people probably know it. Not a, It's not a big secret. I was not the original voice of Ratchet. My good friend Mikey Kelly, who I was just in a studio with the other day uh, working with, was the original voice of Ratchet for the first game. The 14 or 15 that have followed since then have all been me. And we just went in and are still tweaking a recut of the original game that will come out with the movie. And it's my voice. So officially now it'll be my voice on all of it, which is kind of fun. But again, you know, it's crazy because I think uh, they were saying at one point, they're like, this may be like a Guinness Book record of somebody voicing a character in, in so many games. Because Ratchet has been in, like I say, I've voiced him in, I think, 15 different games That's over the course incredible. of, I don't know, maybe 11 years. So, yeah, a lot of games. A lot of, lot, Ratchet's got a, and, and the cool thing about Ratchet is, it's basically my voice. It's, I mean, it's a little different. So, see, see, now I'm going in my head. <laughs> How's Ratchet sound? So, Ratchet's a little more, I don't know, he's, he's not like cocky and we try to not make him that way. He's, he's confident and he's, He's young and heroic and all of that, but so I, I clean it up. I take the rasp out of my voice, like, cause naturally I have kind of that little Michael J. Fox kind of crackle in there. So I take it out and I'm just, hey, Clank, you know, so it's more like this. It's, this is pretty much Ratchet's voice. Uh, so he's just fun. He's, he's one of those characters that I've just been with for so long now. He's just a part of me. And David Kay, who does Clank, brilliant, <laughs> awesome. We finally, it's so funny. We had never met. Really? We did, I think, Maybe eight games before we actually met. <laughs> and uh, and now we're, of course, very good friends and such. And we text each other all the time, excited about the movie. Or, oh, were you in doing the thing? Because, again, we don't work together. So that's, you know, the other difference in a video game as opposed to uh, animation or, or commercial work that you do for radio commercials. Were you able to do table reads for the movie? Uh, did we? No. No, oh, we didn't even a do bummer. a table read. We did do a couple of sessions together. And they, they had us in separate rooms in the same studio. So that was fun. So Ratchet, I'm always in my own little box there. <laughs> and then David, and I think they brought Jim in as well to do Quark. But yeah, separately. So I was with one or the other at different times. So we could have some of that. Because, you know, like the scenes where they meet and things, you know, you want those to be together. So uh I hope that doesn't give too much away. But, yeah, so, no, we were together for a little of it. And that was uh, very rare. I mean, never for the video games, but only for the movie. Uh, the only video game I have ever done where I've actually been in the studio with another actor was Batman the Brave and the Bold. Really? And I have done, gosh, I mean, I don't know, maybe 100 video games in my career. And, yeah, that game was Diedrich Bader was Batman. The TV series was Batman the Brave and the Bold. We did two seasons of it. I was Green Arrow, and I was Guy Gardner, who was basically, he was kind of a Dennis Leary kind of character. Oh, yeah, hey, Batman. <laughs> oh, goody two-shoe. You know, he was kind of a obnoxious guy, but fun to do. So I got to play both of those characters in the video game, and I did those with Diedrich. And Diedrich is, he's just an awesome guy. I don't know if people know Diedrich from um, Drew Carey Show, from Whose Line Is It Anyway, from one of my favorite movies, Office Space, where he played the neighbor. <laughs> hey, man, you know, kind of this guy. I, I, he was awesome. So he was Batman. And he he was nailed great. it. Oh, in he? Brave and the Bold. Yeah. It was so funny. I thought so, too. And I thought we could have done another two or three seasons of that show. It was so fun to do. But So that was the only time I've ever done a video game with another actor. Uh, every time else, I've been alone in my little room. Uh, <laughs> Titus from Final Fantasy X. That's, there's a big following uh, for that, and that's just celebrated an anniversary too. And we had the um, the HD version come out. Did you re-record for the for the HD release? We re-recorded, or we we didn't re-record. We did some new lines, but literally maybe an hour in the studio. But the fun thing was, is I was with the old director Jack Fletcher, not the Jack's old. That sounded wrong. <laughs> the director, the of original, the, origi director. the original director. Um, and Jack is a great guy, and uh, we started all that way back when, and then to finish it was really cool to do that together. We'd done the sequels together. We did the um, – there was a movie called The Animatrix that came out, and Jack cast me in that. And I played actually – I was in four 
of the nine movies that were in that. I was the detective in the detective story and stuff. Those were all thanks to Jack Fletcher. And so, yeah, give him a shout out. But uh, yeah, so, so yeah, different world. Video games, very different world than animation. It's a different mindset you have to get into. Going back to Ratchet and Clank, you said this is the story of how they met. Is this going to be canon with the rest of the video games? Mm, I, or is it I would imagine adi- or is it considered like an adaptation? I don't know. I would I would imagine it would have to be. But um because they are kind of retelling it now and they're they're using the movie and and they're using new graphics and they're making it, you know. So I would I would think it is. But uh yeah, people don't tell me anything. <laughs> it's so funny. You know it's like on Twitter uh, fans keep asking, when's the movie coming out? When's the movie coming out? And then I'll, I'll go, I don't know. And they're like, yes, you do. And I'm like, <laughs> I really don't know. So we're like, okay, which camera am I at? I was just, I have no idea when it's coming out. <laughs> Trust me. No, it's so funny. I, they don't generally, I find out the way everybody else does. Mark Hamill, I was interviewing Mark. And I'm like, when did you find out about these things? He's like, on Twitter, like everybody else. It's, it's how we all find out. We we don't get a call. There isn't any special announcement or secret meeting. It's just... Well, they know that if they tell a lot of the actors that that's how stuff gets leaked. Yeah, and a lot of times actors don't mean to, but it well, happens. Well, not just actors, but just people working in general. Exactly. So, yeah. So, anyways. That's uh, how stuff gets out. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's a big thing. So, yeah. Now, you mentioned uh, Titus from Final Fantasy, and actually yeah. Final Fantasy X was the first, was my first introduction to the Final Fantasy world. Cool. So I, I think that's really cool that you you did the voice for him. Yeah, Just kind of going off, like, what is, do you relate to a lot of the characters that you do, or is it kind of just, okay, I'm doing a voice? That's a great question. Um, because for the ones that I have kind of become, I guess, more known for or gotten notoriety in, Generally speaking, there is something that is very dear to me about the character. Uh, certainly with Titus, certainly with Ratchet, both of them have issues, family issues that, that I could relate to. Uh, I never knew my father. I never knew my real father. Uh, I met him once when I was seven. I didn't know he was my father. I just found out three years ago who he was. So, uh, and the crazy thing is, uh, he actually does, did, uh, he's, he's no longer with us, uh, he did what I do. Uh, he worked in radio and hosted and he was and he used his voice that's how he made his living with his voice so it was crazy uh so with titus i always kind of had this whole thing of you know these father figure kind of issues that character has the same things so i related to that um with ratchet he doesn't know his family he he was abandoned or, you know, I mean, the whole story there is there's no more Lombaxes. He's the last one, you know, all of this. So I related to it in that regard. Uh, I generally like to like the characters I'm playing. Sometimes you're like, eh. <laughs> but even a bad guy, you know, like on Hulk and the Agents of Smash, I played the leader. And the leader was this pompous, obnoxious, big-brained character. <laughs> But he was fun to play, and so I loved playing him. Uh, Yandu was the same kind of thing. I just love this character. He's not, he's not good. He's not bad. He's almost, you know, he's like a bounty hunter in the world of Star Wars, where it's just, hey, he's, he's out for himself. I, I think that that's fun to play every once in a while. But I do try to relate to the characters. I do try to find the backstory on them and find where our similarities are. Strangely enough, it just kind of happens that we end up having similarities. It was funny with the Clone Wars cast where we all had similar traits. And when we were all together, and even still when we're together, we fall into those traits <laughs> of acting like our characters. So uh, Dave Filoni, our director, always mentioned that. He's like, you know, I'd be sitting there talking to Matt Lanter, who's this you know amazing young actor and hunky heartthrob guy. But he's also, the heart of him is Anakin Skywalker. He's got that same thing. And we'll be sitting there talking, and Dave would go, oh, look at, look at my Anakin and Obi-Wan <laughs> having their conversations together and stuff. And so it's it always fun uh, to do that. But uh, yeah, I do relate to the characters, and I do feel like I have a lot of similar things with them usually. Going back to Star Wars, you actually have your own Star Wars-oriented show that you're working on. Oh, thank you, my dear. Yes. Um, shameless plug for me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, um, much like all of you here with this fantastic setup, we have a little studio in Burbank uh, where we are just producing different content, and we're producing primarily Star Wars content. It's called The Comlink. It's myself and J.C. Reifenberg and uh, Matt Robottom and a group of people that we're all kind of working with to make um, 
a network of things. David Collins, David was a director. In fact, David directed me in a lot of the video games I did for Star Wars originally. He's an amazing composer. He's an amazing musician and voice actor as well, but also an on-camera talent. So he hosts the news on the Comlink. If you go to YouTube and you look at uh, the Comlink, that's our channel. And you can find out Star Wars news every every week. You've got our show. Uh, my show is called A Certain Point of View. It's a debate show. So uh, we bring on Star Wars celebrities and experts in the world of Star Wars. And we debate topics like, you know, should the Force Ghost Anakin be Hayden? Or should it be Sebastian Shaw from the ah. original movie? Should uh, Disney be using George Lucas's original treatment? Or should they go off on their own thing? Uh, you know, various things. And then lighthearted ones. Better, better you know, uh, ship to fly, sorry, uh, X-Wing, B-Wing, Y-Wing, which one would you want? You know, better Han Solo costume. You know, so we debate the really fun issues and the tough issues and the passionate issues of Star Wars. And we just had a new episode come out today, and it's Sam Witwer, who played Darth Maul and uh, many other characters, Starkiller, of course, in Force Unleashed. And he's an amazing guy. A fabulous actor, but also the biggest Star Wars movie you'll <laughs> ever meet. So it's great because he's got strong opinions, and uh, so it's a fun show. It's 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 a short show. It's like five minutes. You get to be immersed in the world of Star Wars for a little bit, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So I hope people check it out. Well, it's the pe- it's the thing that fans are always talking about. Yeah, yeah. There's always a debate in the world of Star Wars. <laughs> Everybody has opinions. You know, we'll do I hate the prequels? I love the prequels. I love the originals. I don't know this. I like Clone Wars. I don't like Clone Wars. I like Rebels. And you know, whatever. So there's all those opinions. There's so many different worlds of it. Now there's the new stuff. So there's a lot to debate. <laughs> so we'll be busy for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, what are you most excited about from the new movie? Oh boy. Um, so I, I guess I can tell this story. So I was hosting the main stage at Star Wars Celebration. That's also where they premiered the trailer. So we were in there rehearsing the nights before while they were setting up the projector to play the trailer. So they were playing the trailer all night while they were setting oh the gosh. sound the night before. And so they weren't playing the, the images, but the sound. And they were configuring the sound. Oh, wow. So we're in our meetings and we're discussing the shows and we're going to And then you hear... And we all stopped, got very quiet, you know. Or what was it? That's the song. I'm sorry. And then you hear, you know, the voice is strong. And we're like, whoa, 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 what is going on? (laughs) Wait a second. And it's okay to say it now because it's out and everybody knows it. But uh, there were these parts and I got so excited that it was Mark's voice and that it was Mark's trailer telling Luke Skywalker's story. Because I've been very privileged to know Mark Hamill for, gosh, probably 15 years now and work with him in various capacities in voiceover. He's one of the most giving and humble and talented voice actors as well as just on-camera actors. So he is fantastic. And the fact that he's getting his, you know, just dues in this world right now and that so much attention, I was excited for him in that. I was also, like everybody else, as happy as a little girl when uh, Han Solo came on and Chewie, we're home. And ah, everybody loses their mind. Come on, how could you not? But I was also thrilled for my dear friend Peter Mayhew, who plays Chewbacca, because he's in the movie and he's playing Chewie. And so, I mean, again, all these folks are my friends now, and it's like I, I'm happy for them. I'm just I'm, I'm happy for what they're getting to experience and be a part of. Anthony Daniels back as C-3PO. But I will say... One of the coolest things is one of the shots in the trailer is BB-8. Yes. The little droid that we all were kind of like in the first one. We're kind of like, oh, what's this? It's going to try to be a new thing. soccer ball. Yeah, what's going on? So BB-8 came rolling out. I don't know if you've seen any of that footage, but he is a real working droid, and he works just like he spins. His head somehow stays on top, (laughs) and it moves around, and it's the most fantastic thing you'll ever see. And it really chokes you up when you see it. And I, my daughter and I got pictures with him. And and he's just he's got his own little voice. So that was really exciting. There's that great shot where he kind of peeks around the corner in that teaser. And it's just a blip. But uh, I don't know. There's so much to be excited about in it. J.J. Uh, Abrams is one of my favorite filmmakers. So the fact that he's doing it, that's fantastic. We got to show a film that we created that jc reifenberg and myself and the folks at the comedy created at my show's opening that is a little tribute to jj abrams and a tribute to star wars i'll be showing it exclusively at star wars weekends and then we're going to post it online at on our youtube channel in a few weeks when we're done but 
So, so people who can't make it out to Florida can check it out on yes, your guys' YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah, That's fantastic. Yeah. Now, I, I did want to ask, um, because you do have a background in stand-up, and yeah. you've done a lot of talks in addition to uh, your one-man show. Mm-hmm. I believe you did a TED Talk. Not too I long did, ago. yeah. Uh, inspiration seems to be a really big part of your career, and you know, not only uh, in terms of your voice acting, but also in trying to get other people to get their voices out there. Yeah. Where, where did that come from? Why, why is inspiration a big part of what you do? That's a great question. Thank you for asking it. Um, so I have always been, again, as I mentioned, I, I grew up not knowing my father. I grew up uh, in a, a single family home and uh, kind of a latchkey kid that grew up with uh, a different time and place. You know, the TV kind of raised me and such. And, and I always pursued my dreams as much as I could. And my mother was always very kind to say, you know, pursue your dreams and go after them. And my brother and sister were always very encouraging. They were much older than me, uh, five and six years older than me. And they loved watching me perform. So my family and then my friends and then my wife, who we've been together 24 years now. Uh, we've been married 24 years. We've been together 28 years. Met in high school. She's always been so much of a, a, a voice there for me to pursue my dreams and to inspire me. So I just feel like the luckiest guy in the world with those things, and I want to share them with other people, and I want to show people how if you pursue your dreams, they actually do come true if you set goals and, and write them down and try to achieve them. So I wrote a book about it as well to inspire people. But uh, the TED Talk was really cool because it, it lines up with all of that. And TED Talks, I mean, to be able to do one, that's kind of a neat, it's a neat honor. And they're just fun because you have anywhere from like, Seven minutes to 15 minutes. <laughs> I took 15. Uh, <laughs> I got a lot of voices I got to tell. But, um, and I loved telling the story because I was hit uh, about 10 years ago with toxic mold poisoning and I lost my voice. And that was at the, the height of my career, really. It was when everything was really just, I had just got the voice of Fred Flintstone, just, you know, we were doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Johnny Test, The Clone Wars, all that stuff was just going full force. And I couldn't speak. And uh, the mold got me really sick. And so it was kind of a red-letter date. And I talk about it in my stage show as well. And I talked about it in the TED Talk. And I found that that was one of those things where I could make a choice. I could be really down about this. I could revert. I could give up. Or I could use it to strengthen myself and inspire other people. And so that was that was really the, the full push and development of this whole kind of inspiration part of me, I think. And it has been a, a great blessing in my life. The crazy thing about it is I was diagnosed with this toxic mold poisoning on February 13th, 2005. I was very sick, couldn't speak. My throat was just massive laryngitis and infections. They didn't know if I'd ever get my full range back. It took a long time. It took several years to kind of work back to a point where I was strong again. But uh, what we found out six months later was that that was the same day my daughter was born because my daughter is adopted and she's adopted from China. So finding out that on the same day, I thought my life was kind of changing and ending uh, of what I knew, not ending, ending, I don't mean to sound dramatic, <laughs> but ending a chapter, it was really opening a whole new one to make it even better and stronger and bigger. But it was also opening this chapter for our family. And it was a nice little promise to say, it's okay. Everything's going to work out. And uh, my daughter is the greatest blessing that my wife and I could ever imagine. And she's, she is just everybody that meets her. Like she's just so alive. And so she inspires me now too. So long answer to a, a, a simple question. I'm sorry to go on and on, but it's just important stuff. I think to people to pursue your dreams. Was that the idea behind the book as well? Yeah. Um, the, you know, so when I got on Twitter, I don't know how many years ago now, uh, whenever it all kind of started, I saw that everybody, everybody's got an opinion. <laughs> Most are pretty negative. Uh, I wanted to be a positive voice to people. Uh, certainly most of my fans are younger people uh, or college age or people that are trying to figure out what they want to do in life. And these cartoons and these games were things that were their escape. And so they, they tend to, you know, write and say, hey, you know, you inspired me or you encouraged me or you just helped me have fun at a rough time in my life because being a teenager is a rough, a rough time. So I thought, okay, I've got an opportunity to actually inspire people. So I'm going to promise myself to write something positive every time I do. And so I started doing that. And then I thought, well, after a year, I've got enough for a book. 
and everybody kept saying, oh, you should make these, put these all into a book. I'd buy it. And I was like, okay, well. <laughs> so I took all of the inspirations that I was putting in Twitter and Facebook, and I tweaked them a little, changed them up here, to added a, a part where you accept it, you forward it along to somebody else, and you put it into practice in your day, and you check off the little boxes. At the bottom, I ask you a question that is pertaining to that positive inspiration to get you to where at the end of a year you have a journal of your thoughts and your inspirations and your goals and your dreams and i think that's pretty cool too anytime because a lot of people don't journal a lot of people don't write things down and if you do this and it's literally it could be a sentence you know i just ask you a simple question and you can just write down a sentence i'm feeling inspired today by something i saw or a piece of music or somebody said something nice to me whatever it is a year later 10 years later 20 years later you can look back and you go oh yeah i felt that so it's an easy way to journal, hopefully, and I kind of trick people into it. <laughs> As a kid, I was not I was not the best student in school. And so I liked to be tricked into learning. <laughs> so I try to kind of trick people into it as well. Okay, so it's not like a book where you just have paragraphs and paragraphs of like inspirational life stories. It's it's actually getting people to write down their own thoughts and experiences. Yeah, it's a daily and I didn't do like a calendar where it's January, February, March. It's just numbers. So it starts with day one and then it goes day, you know, all the way to day 365. And you can set it down. I mean, I'm always, I'm very clear in the foreword of the book. You know, if, if you are not somebody that can do something daily like that, then set it down. Come back to it a couple of days later and you pick it up and you pick up from day five or wherever you left off. And it is just a day at a time, something to give you just a little boost. You know, hopefully you keep it on your nightstand and you read it in the morning when you're getting ready or something and or while you're eating breakfast and you share it with your family or your friends or whatever. And then you can take a picture of it and tweet that out to somebody else or, you know, text it to somebody and go, hey, I read this today. Hope it inspires you. So that's that's the the gist of it. It's The book is called JAT365. So JAT is what all my fans have started to call me because James Arnold Taylor is really hard to write out and draw. And it's so long. There's and of course, I'm, words. I know, man, I'm telling you. And I'm, of course, James Arnold Taylor because there's James Taylor, the singer. So, uh, so JAT is what people call me, J A T. And then 365 is 365 daily inspirations for the pursuit of your dreams. And there it is. And uh, people can get it on Amazon.com. And again, another shameless plug. I'm just, <laughs> that's all I'm doing. I'm just plugging all these things. I'm not trying to get you all to buy things or do anything, but it's, it's fun. It's stuff that I'm doing. Well, no, it's fantastic. It's all part. We here at AfterBuzz, we like hearing your guys' stories well, when we you. bring you into these shows. And that's all part of your story. And yeah, that's amazing. Thanks. Thank you. So, yeah, definitely for sure. We are running uh, yeah. towards the end of our time. Yeah, boy. Um, but oh, really? Woo-hoo. Well, it's <laughs> good because I've got a lot more voices today. Oh, no. good. Yeah, don't tell me that. I'll stay <laughs> here all day. Um, but I do want to know about some of the upcoming projects that you have that you can talk about. Yeah, man. NDAs are such jerks. Oh, boy. It is so weird. You know, you couldn't imagine uh, 10, 15 years ago that there would be nothing you can tell anybody about. In your <laughs> way. So what do you do for a living? Oh, I can't tell you. <laughs> I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. No, uh, it's, um, it's one of those things where I think, well, we mentioned Ratchet. And I can talk about that. We know that's coming out. We mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy. I can't tell you any of the story, but I can tell you that it's coming out. Um, the Star Wars things are coming out. Oh, gosh, what can I talk about? I, oh, okay. Um, so I did a show just the other day um, with Catherine Tabor, who played Padme Amidala on The Clone Wars. We've done these shows. It's for Disney. It's called Club Penguin. Now, Club Penguin is really fun. It's stop-motion animation. We did a Christmas special this last year. And they are doing holiday specials and different specials. I think they're going to do like six of them. So we just finished doing two of the other ones. And I can, I, I think I can say that at least. You know, it doesn't give anything away because we want people to actually look for them when they come out. So Club Penguin is great. I, I play Roof House and he's a penguin and he's just kind of, you know, he's kind of the nerdy penguin guy. And that's usually what I end up playing. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm kind of a nerd myself. Um, so uh, Club Penguin just did that. Uh, that'll be coming out there. We did the Halloween one. That'll be coming out. That'll be fun. Always fun to do Halloween specials. So they're always cool. Uh, let's see. What else? There are some that I just can't talk about. Ooh, there's that. Oh, there, no, I can't. <laughs> no, um, but what else? There was something else I was thinking. It's really tough, though, because there are so many little... Oh, um, Spider-Man. I did some uh, episodes of Spider-Man. I don't think I can say who I'm playing or anything, but but that show is on the air. So 
it's fair enough to say that I was I was in the studio because oh that's cause, Ultimate Spider Man right yes Ultimate Spider Man and um, a lot of fun and Drake Bell who plays Spider Man it's funny because now see I play Spider Man whenever Drake <laughs> doesn't play Spider Man. Because uh, I'm Lego Spider-Man. I'm Lego Silver Surfer. Oh, this is some of the games, the Marvel Heroes games. So those are out, and those are an online game where you, you log in and you can play them online. So in that game on Magneto, I'm playing Magneto, who is the most powerful of all mutants. And then I'm also, uh, am I Spider-Man in that? I think I'm Spider-Man. I'm, uh, no, I'm, I'm the uh, Silver Surfer. And the Silver Surfer is very serious. He takes everything very literally. And then I'm also the Iceman. That's who I am, an Iceman in that one. And uh, so those are constantly coming out. Those games, you can be watching for those. And they're really cool. Uh, I did that one where I was um, Nightmare Robin recently on Batman yes. Infinite Crisis. So that's a cool one. So there's, I guess there's some things that I can talk about. But uh, there's others I can't. I don't now, know. I actually do have um, one question going back to one of the one sure. of your earliest voice acting roles, at least on IMDb. Sure. Um, you mentioned doing ADR earlier, and I noticed that one of the first things on your resume was actually a Miyazaki film. Yes. I believe that was Nausicaa? Nausicaa, yeah. Um, so I was several characters in that. I was one of the, the three old guys. And he was, yeah, he was somewhere in here. And, oh, oh, I did a lot of that kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, and I was a, a soldier, a young soldier. And I, if you hear it, you go, oh, yeah, that's James, because it's just my regular voice. And then a bunch of other little incidental ones in there. But that was fun. Then Mark Hamill, I think, was in that. Patrick Stewart. Um, and that was um, – that. W- and the funny thing is that I am – on IMDb, it reads it's coming out in the 80s. But the American dub was done in the, the late 90s or 2000s or something that we did it. So – but it was, yeah, a very early thing to do, and it was a lot of fun to do because those those films are amazing. The uh, animation in them, the storytelling, uh, there's such a fan base for those. And so anytime somebody actually sees those, I can win people over with that, that credit. That, that's, my, that's my street cred right there. <laughs> I was if in a Miyazaki out, I, Yeah, yeah, so it's pretty cool. Very cool, yeah. It was just on my mind because uh, the last uh, Ghibli film for a little bit is coming out pretty oh, soon. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's exciting stuff. And you never know what to expect from all that. And the animation is, it's the same, but it's different every time. And it's it's, 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 it's exciting stuff. So, yeah. yeah. But with ADRing, that's a lot different than when you're allowed to just kind of go for it. And a video game, I imagine, is very similar because you have to match the pre-rendered animation. Sometimes, yeah. Now, in games that we do, like Ratchet & Clank, they do it just like we would animation where we voice it first and then they animate. But with a game like Final Fantasy, it was lip sync, you know, because the game was already done and we're redubbing it in English. And a lot of people, you know, because people either love or hate Titus. And it's Titus. It's not Titus. Everybody thinks it's Titus. I don't know if you know the, the reason why it's Titus. But here's the simple version. They were doing a promo. They had an American narrator in Japan. He was in a room with a bunch of Japanese folks speaking Japanese. And they said, say it how you would say it. And the guy pronounced it Titus. So it's stuck. <laughs> so there's some some guy out there responsible for it, Titus. When everybody else reads it, Titus. But it is Titus. I kind of like that it's Titus now because it's different. And, it's and, distinctive. And and then I also know when people come up and they go, so you voice Titus. And I go, oh, you've been listening. Because you know? <laughs> he never actually says his name. And they don't really say his name in the game. But uh, Yeah, I don't think I heard his name said up until uh, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Exactly right, and uh, so, so is is one of those things. But um, yes, when yeah, we were talking about the, the the ADR of that is very different, and people kind of got on me about this, like you know, matching the lip flap and stuff. And it's like it was all done in Japanese, and then we had to match it. And then a lot of times too, we had the directors there, so you had translators. You have Jack Fletcher who's directing, then you have the producer that is the translator translating to all of the folks that are hearing it and are used to hearing it from the Japanese actor. And it's a very different world because if you do a thing where he gets punched in the Japanese animation and in that style, he would go, hey. Now, I wouldn't do that as an American. I'd go, uh. And so I'd go, uh. And they'd go, no, no, no. no. (laughs) And so they'd make me do it like that. You're doing it wrong. Yeah, and I'd go, no. Guys, and then they'd, then they'd all talk, and they'd go back and forth, and then they'd come back and go, can you just do it the way they asked also, just in case, and so we have it. 
But then a lot of times they would time compress words or time stretch words, you know, in the computer to make them fit the stuff. And I hear it and you can hear it, you know. So like if I say, I'm so hungry, which is a line of tenises, it'll be, I'm so hungry. And it's because it's been time compressed and it sounds a little weird. But uh, also, you know, people go, oh, he's so whiny. It's like, yeah, that's the way they wanted him. I didn't he's look young. at him and go, I'm going to just whine through this whole, you know, 100 <laughs> hours of dialogue. <laughs> They were they directed me that way. So, <laughs> cut cut the voice actors some slack every once in a while, people. Yeah, no. Quit the hate on Titus for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, I actually do want to ask one more question. Sure. Um, going back to inspiration, mm-hmm. uh, you said you know obviously that's a huge part of your work. Do you have any advice for people who are aspiring to be in entertainment themselves? Yeah, it's a whole other world than when I started. You know, I mean, again, I started nearly 30 years ago as a stand-up comic. And it was a very different world, and you didn't have all this at our disposal. And it's beautiful, and it's wonderful that it's all here now. But it makes it harder to know exactly what to do. So I have found, even with all that being the case... Talent always does come to the surface. And if you have a love for this, that's where your talent comes from. So people kind of sometimes go, well, well, maybe I'm not the best singer. or Maybe I'm not the best voice actor. I don't have the most unique voice or I don't have a range of voices. No, but you have what you have. And if you have a love for it and a passion for it, that will come through and you'll, you'll accomplish something with it. To be grateful for every opportunity, every time I am in front of a microphone, or in back of a microphone, I should say. Uh, I'm grateful. And I, I say a prayer of thanks. And I'm, I'm so honored to do it. Because I'm doing what I always wanted to do. So any opportunities you get to experience it, whether it's a, a movie on an iPhone or in front of a camera on a set like this with you know several cameras and microphones and fancy stuff, enjoy it. Have a passion for it. And pursue it and know about it. Know how it all works. Know the technology. So, I mean, I snuck in the room at the radio stations that I was working at sweeping up when I was a kid, 17, and taught myself how to use all the equipment because I wanted to and I knew I needed to so I could understand it all. So I'm still a sound engineer to this day. I produce and do all my own stuff because I love it. So find the passionate parts of you. And if, if you're like, yeah, but I, that's just not my thing. But I like writing. Well, then be passionate about writing. I like directing. Be passionate about directing or producing. People don't realize producing can be a a, a wonderful thing. I produce a lot of stuff, and that's where you get to just be there and take it all in and go, hey, how about if we do this or that or having that oversight to see everything? So there's so many realms in entertainment to do. Interviewing people, you know, uh, that's great. It's a great way to be in it and get to interact with people, but it's also to show what you can do. I mean, you're showing me your energy and excitement in it too. And, and you're also showing that you have a great knowledge of my work, which is so important when you're interviewing somebody. So it's great. So it's like, it makes me better because you're doing, you know, what you love. So I just tell people to love what they do, to study what they do, to know the people that are the best at what they want to do. And that'll help you. It'll all help. That's awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for sure. taking the time to come in and Absolutely. talk to us today. Where can people who um, who want to find out more about you and about the work that, that you're come doing? Come on, you're too kind to me. Where okay. can they go? They can go to uh, jamesarnoldtaylor.com is a great way to go there, although it takes a long time to spell that. <laughs> uh, if you go to jamesarnoldtaylor.com, you'll find links to all of my stuff. You'll find links to my YouTube page, my Twitter, my Instagram, and all of that, my Facebook. But you can also follow me on Twitter at jat actor which is j-a-t actor a-c-t-o-r so you can find me there um you can find me on the com link you can find me on instagram on facebook i don't use my facebook as much anymore i find that twitter is the one place that if people really want to interact with me they really want to ask me a question not that i don't it's me on facebook as well it's me answering the questions i just go to that maybe fewer you know a couple times a a couple times in the week as opposed to twitter i'm on it all the time i'm constantly watching it and stuff in fact i'm I'm having having withdrawals (laughs) right now that i haven't been able to be on it during this but uh so no so yeah that's probably the best place for people to interact with me is on twitter at, at jad actor all right 
Well, fantastic. Thank Again, you. thank you so, so much My for joining pleasure. us today. Any last voice that you want from me? What do you want? Uh, oh, Christopher gosh. Walken. Well, Michael J. Fox. Um, your Michael Marshall. J. Fox is fantastic. I want to hear your Christopher Lloyd really quick. <laughs> right, Scott Marty. Uh, it seems as though we're uh, out of time. Well, wait a second, Doc. Can't we just go back in time and start the whole interview over? Well, there would be a problem with the space-time continuum if we did that, Marty. But, uh, boy, this is heavy. <laughs> that's my line. Okay. Thank you so much. Bender? Bender, from Bender. Oh, that's John DiMaggio. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I don't know if I'd want to step on John's. Uh... <laughs> Bender is great. He's just one of those. Yeah. Oh, I love him. And, and Billy West doing uh, Fry and um, all those. Oh, God. These, <laughs> these, these people are my heroes. But yeah, Bender is awesome. You guys got to get John on here if you haven't already because uh, yeah, he's fantastic. Okay. I'll tell him. He's got to come on. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> None whatsoever. He will blow the walls down with the power of his voice, though. So. I don't know if our studio could handle that. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, thank you again thank for you coming so much. in. Yeah. Uh, thank you to our fans for listening. Again, if you haven't already done so, go to iTunes, rate, subscribe, leave a comment. You can follow us on AfterBuzz at AfterBuzzTV.com. Or, uh, Combine the website and the Twitter. Yeah, no, do it all. <laughs> and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Menguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz, including Orphan Black, which is a lot of fun this season. And I've also started writing articles for the Movie Chick. So that's Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. Again, thank you so so thank much you, for joining yeah, us today. Yeah, absolutely, really appreciate it. My pleasure, and may the force be with you. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 